Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success or you're already smashing it but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, raw and frank conversations. My curiosity and impatience in seeking success has encouraged me to create a Half Dozen Things podcast. I designed it to bring you simplicity and discovery back to the forefront of your lives. We are all such busy people, it's easy to overlook the simple things we could be doing to achieve wealth, success and happiness. Hi, I'm absolutely buzzing to have my friend Ben Aveling on the podcast today. Ben and I have known each other since we were knee-high to a grasshopper, shall we say, uh, and we were both in reception at school. I don't really know what else to tell you other than Ben was the super naughty ginger kid at school who used to get up to all sorts of mischief, um, and hopefully you'll be able to tell that as part of the podcast. But in more recent times, uh, I was best man at his wedding, and he was best man at mine. Uh, He is... uh, top top geezer uh he's been running radmore farm shop for the last 14 years had a few bloody noses along the way um he has also started as a budding comedian as well super super funny guy um and uh, hopefully you'll get some chuckles from this podcast as well he gives us some fantastic insight into his half dozen things and they are uh decide what you deem success to be and be realistic uh, also learning good delegation skills and gaining the right staff and help um, the third one is doing what you want not what someone else wants and fourth thrive under pressure and preparation for working very hard and I must say Ben is a very very hard worker uh, five he says don't take things personally just let things go six he says control of your money and bills and seven He goes, I know this is seven points and it's massively important and it's so cheesy in modern day culture to say never give up. I think more important than that, you'll succeed when you can decide what to cut away and what to give up, i.e. getting rid of the deadwood. So yeah, super excited to have Ben with us and uh, yeah, enjoy the show. Hi Ben, how are you mate? Very good, how are you mate? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for joining me on the Half Dozen Things podcast. I've just introduced everyone to you. You've had a new addition to the family this week. Yeah, number Emma. three. Yeah. Who knew? They said it took a real man to make a girl, mate. I know, I'm, I'm surprised as well. <laughs> Brilliant. How, how are the boys coping with it? Fine. They love her. They don't really seem to be any different. They're just having fun and she's with it. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's good. Brilliant. Brilliant, mate. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I guess we'll just crack straight on into it, really. Um, I've given you a bit of a bio and told the listeners how well we know each other, which is pretty well, considering... Um, I'm everything, surely. We, well, not everything, no. No, obviously. Being best man at each other's wedding, godfather to Arthur, you know, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, let's go straight into it, mate. So your half a dozen things you've pushed for seven. First of all, have you have you done your research? Have you listened to the podcast yet? Nope. You are rubbish, man. I'm, I'm disowning you as a friend. Your best friend launches a podcast. 
<laughs> Your best friend launches a podcast. Rule number one. To to <laughs> Honesty. <laughs> I invite you. I even invite you on as a guest. No, I'm going to listen to it. Joking. I'm going to listen to it in a hit. In a yeah, chunk. you're going to. Yeah, you're going to listen to it when you're on it. Yeah, I get it. Geek maniac, mate. It's, it's all right. <laughs> nice, right. Let's go for it. Right. First thing then, decide what you deem successful, whether that's money, lifestyle, being your own boss, etc. And be realistic. Success is different depending on who you are. Talk to me, Ben. What do you mean by this? Yeah, well, that is something I learned and as time's gone on, it changes the goalposts always move. So I think when I first got into business, it was the, the driver was money, but actually now the driver is being able to do what I want as such. And so it goes from what you deem as successful changes, really. And I think you've got to know in your head what, what do you really, really want from what you're doing because that's what you've got to aim for. Because if you haven't got that goal, it's really, really, really hard to, to know what you're going to do. And I, so I find that as time has gone on in business as such, I, I, I long more for the, the control and the freedom and being able to pay the bills. For me, that's sort of where the success lies at the moment. And again, it may change. I mean, once you get used to that level of stuff, it might be that success is doing a new, fresh business. Who knows? But I think to start off on the platform, you've got to know what you want and what do you deem successful. Because to be honest with you, if you're 20, all you really want is like girls and cars. Do you know what I mean? And flash stuff. But as you get older that's not as important you might already have it and want to move on anyway it's so i think that even if it does change you've got to know what you think a success is you know for to become success yeah definitely and i think success is quite broad isn't it success is really broad and it will mean different things to different people and like you say when we used to work together in the green dragon in cambridge for those of you that listeners who have ever been to the green dragon in chester ben and i used to pretty much share bedrooms upstairs once upon a time obviously success for us then looked quite different to how it does now i guess but what interestingly so you've had a bit of a a bit of a change of direction so to speak you're still running the business still running the farm shop but obviously your priorities have have moved on to your stand-up now what does success look like for you at the moment with with stand-up particularly being able to do it and pay the bills being able to do it without worrying like so with stand-up especially until recently where I've, I've been able to sort of keep things under control a lot better. The thing with stand-up is going on stage, knowing in the back of your mind that you probably should be doing some working harder on your business isn't a fun thing. So being able to focus on something you really want to do without any issues or guilt is a big deal for me. So being able to get on with stand-up knowing I'm not ruining something else yeah. is is really important. Like. So be you think, well, that's okay. You know, that's fine. It's running itself. That's doing its thing. It's not, I don't want to do what I do with my business. That's fine. But for me, it's like a day job. It's paying my bills. It's my, my job now that I've built and sort of shaped to my lifestyle. Whereas stand-ups coming in is the thing I want to do, ideally, if I could choose. Tomorrow, Wave Magic 1, what do you do for your full-time job that pays the bills? Well, that. But yeah. that's not going to happen. But I can make them work quite well together because I've managed to build the shop up to a level and the other parts of the business, the website and the wholesale, to a level where I can manage it in smaller chunks and focus more on family and, and stand-up, really. Got you. 
Got you. No, that's perfect. And so there's not, uh, you've not set like a vision for like, uh, I suppose they don't do DVDs anymore. Do you do like, like what, how, how do you measure a good comedian? If you are getting paid enough to make it your job, really. Is that, is that? That's the bar. I mean, there's different yeah. levels. So you can go from being like a new person uh, once you start getting paid for like semi-pro, if you like. That's when it all starts to happen. That's, that's a, the, the rung up the ladder. Because when you apply for other gigs, you are asked, what are you getting paid for at the moment? Not, it's, it's like a, you know, it's not no qualifications as such. It's you're as good as your last gig. So yeah. if, um, if you're working with companies that have got a good reputation, they're paying you to do stuff. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. That's the referral that you need. And quite often the, the, the right people give you references anyway. But really, really for me, as, as, as things are, it would suit me doing it semi-professionally anyway around the business because at the moment it works fine. I can, I can do both after COVID hopefully. <laughs> um, okay. So what, what have your, what have other people who do stand up, what have they been doing during COVID to try and keep themselves going? Things with their hands probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like welding. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, it was a shit question. <laughs> Luckily for me, I've ha- I've been it's been hard not to do the stand up, but I've been thrown back into my business in such a way that it's just been incredible. So I've had a very welcome distraction. Then obviously we've had another baby, so I've had plenty to do. But I think I'm I'm the exception. Most of them have been like right. gigs have gone, comedy's gone. Just put it online. Let's do this and do that. And all the some of the, even the biggest people are massively like don't know what to do with myself, kind of thing, you know. So for me, the business has been a very welcome distraction because if yeah. if I'd had to have closed and not been able to trade, like some pubs or whatever have been losing money, hand over fist, concerned about the future, and not have had comedy on the side, I think I'd have been going mad. I mean, yeah. I'm. Surprised more people haven't gone nuts. I mean, they might have done. Do you know what I mean? It's driving them insane. So it'll be interesting to see if we did a uh, if we did a study or a decent good decent survey the size enough to be able to take everything into account. I think you'd probably find there's a lot of challenges at the moment out there. It's so. huge. I mean, it, it really is because even businesses that have been quite busy through it, like mine, and there's going to be massive challenges when this all goes back. I mean, already from the 1st of June, I've noticed a, a drop in the taking straight away. The second people yeah. can start to do different things. They don't necessarily use the independent business as quick because they, they're going back to their old ways or whatever. Yeah. That's fine. No, that's fine. But there, there's, there, there's a genuine possibility that even businesses that did do well could just drop off the edge of a cliff. But I, I accounted for that in what I was projecting for what's going to happen anyway. I think a lot of businesses haven't been busy before and now they've been really, really busy and they think this is, this is how it's going to be. Whereas I sort of quite bluntly thought this is going to be a blip, ride the wave and it won't be there later. And that's what I've done. And I think I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Nice one, mate. Nice one. So moving on to the second area for you, which is around learning good delegation skills, yeah, and yeah. gaining the right staff or help deciding when you don't need people. The way you've worded that makes it sound like you've lived from a little bit of experience with this one, mate. So tell me about it. Well, first off, when I first started hiring staff, it was a naive thing, really. I I thought if you can, um, well, let's take flagship, right? 
you start your business and you go, right, we're going to do this training and this training and this training. You yeah. do all that. And then you want to do three different kinds of training, which you, only you can do at the moment, but you can offset those first three to someone else. So you go, okay, Joe Bloggs and Alice or whoever, I'll give that to them. And I naively would have expected it to stay the same, if not being able to push it and grow it. And actually it will shrink. Uh, often, you really, really, really have to establish something before you bring people in to run it and do it. So in my case, it was like opening more shops or uh, I don't know, part of when I had the restaurant or the pub or whatever. I thought if I bring someone in to, like, let, let's say with the shops, uh, I did a lot of butchery work. So I brought someone in who could do the, the, the making of stuff. So I didn't have to do the making of stuff. And they just, it, it just didn't work. So then not only did I have to still really do all the work, I was paying minimum wage plus more on top of that. Or they won't spot the day the fridge goes bang. You know that's not working, right? You lose all your stock one day. Or I thought, well, I'm spending too much time doing deliveries. I'll get a delivery driver. You know, and then actually that comes with its own thing. I'm a, maybe it's easier if I do deliveries because customers aren't seeing me. Or deciding when you don't need someone is harder than just getting someone in sometimes. But also it's about knowing and having the right staff. So like with the shop as an example, we've had cust- uh, customers who know the faces of the staff. It's gone through, or it's been a long period of sort of getting them on board and knowing the, knowing the business. And it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. But when I, Green Dragon's a really good example, what you were saying actually, because that's where the delegation started, you see. We were all friends. Do you know what I mean? Like if you, when you're young, especially, if you're, podcast listeners are wanting to uh, listen to this because they want to start businesses they've never done it before good chance are probably young yep. or or younger than us maybe or whatever right and there's a good chance that the people you're you're working with or whatever are going to be like friends the second you start having to be the boss in your friends that's really hard but over time especially if it's in your own business I always think starting, you know, start as you mean to go on and straight away clear the air by saying, oh, if something's not right, I'll put it up and straight away. Don't be offended if I say it straight away. It's not me getting at you. It's just a lot more awkward if I say, you've been doing this for three months now and I should have said the first time you did it. And it's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, and, and just stuff like that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's important having the right team. Everyone watches loads of Richard Branson quotes and stuff. Oh, it's my start. Just whatever, right? Great. Good for you, Richard. <laughs> Pinocchio. Right. Okay. Oh, I was say, for, for, for the benefit of the podcast listeners who aren't watching this on YouTube, Benji. <laughs> <laughs> ben just made this shape away from his nose, like a Pinocchio nose. Like Richard Branson, yeah. some big liar, some big farce. <laughs> staff are great, but there's an, there's an equal between customers and staff. It's not the other way. Or you've got to have both, and they've got to both be right for, for it to work. And you can't just go on and focus all my attention on nurturing the staff. You know, why she stood behind the shop counter? Let's get you a foot bath. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> you know, and I is, this, like is, this, it, is this against some of the memes you see about Richard Branson about looking uh, after staff first? That's it. I, I mean, I, I like I like Richard Branson. Don't get me wrong, but it's nothing. Wrong I thought you were going to call him Richard then, like you know. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, me, me and Dick, we go well back, mate. There's a, there's a sound bite for you. <laughs> what well, you and Dick go right back? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But, <laughs> They call it the Branson's pickle. <laughs> but the thing is, is there's a massive. It's both. You sort of, if you have the right team doing the right things, 
it can make a massive difference as long as you're making sure you're doing what you should be doing. Like if you, let, let's say you get someone in just because you don't like doing the training, but people are coming for you, that's the wrong thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? So, so I, I, I send my drivers to Pete because I trust what he does. Oh, how was Pete today to the guy? Oh, it was, it was Jane. Uh, she wasn't as good as the last time, actually. Oh, uh, Pete's off in the Bahamas, isn't he? Yeah, with Richard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? And that's, they don't know you're probably working twice as hard to keep it going and pay those staff who do better out of it than you do because they earn more money because they get the money. You're earning that money to pay your staff. No one sees that you're doing it as a way to make everything better. They see it more as you've got your feet up. That's why you've got staff. And you've got to be careful because it, it all paints a picture. Totally, totally. Do you know what? It's really interesting us, us speaking about this because on the on the podcast, you're probably, I'm trying to think, you're one of the earlier guests who have had a business and had it for a sustained period of time. And the way you talk about leadership and management it's very different to the people who have like worked in businesses as staff. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's quite interesting and having it from a raw point of view of, do you know what, this is my business and I need to put the right staff in front of the right customers. And when you get that balance wrong, which is obviously the experience you've had, yeah. it creates They're a massive challenge. People, yeah. it, just, it just doesn't work. You know, when we worked in the bar, Certain people, just nice people, they just don't fit what's going on. And you need the right people for the right job. Yeah, yeah. and nothing, you know, as an 18-year-old, when we were working in the, you know, how often, when we used to work in that bar, you and I, and how busy that would get on a Friday or a Saturday night. And it was often like, there was a third bar staff member and it'd often be like, do you know what, it's probably easier if it's just us two doing this. Yeah. Because it's like, get out of the way. Yeah. But it's difficult, what, isn't it? Yeah. It's difficult because you've only got when you're in business, you've only got one set of hands, haven't you? And you've got to try and you got to try and balance that, haven't you? Well, it's true, and but I think the, the delegation thing is important because there's a lot you can delegate to the right people, loads of it, and it takes the edge off what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, like obviously, you've got your podcast now, for example. If that's booming, then you could say, actually, I've had this person work for me for two years. They could take a take take the helm of something whilst we can do this, and it, it's it's a necessary thing to have. Yeah. So you need to know how to do it. Otherwise, yeah. it will cost you an absolute fortune, and it will break you. If you, yeah. if you For me, I've had staff bills that have been so big, and I've yeah. gone, I've got nothing to show for that. That's just pure error and putting people in the wrong place. You know? Really right. Okay. So just for the benefit of people listening and watching, at your when you've had the most members of staff, how many staff have you had on employment? Um, fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. So it just put, it just puts it into context for people so they understand when you say that you've had massive staff bills, you've had fourteen people and have felt like you've not had the productivity to benefit from it. Massively not. And no one will ever do it when you've got business people listening who've run in their own businesses. No one will ever understand that no matter who you hire, they will never do it like you do it. It doesn't matter if they've got a PhD, they've come from a job where they're earning a million pounds in a corporate, they will not come and do my job better than me. They just yeah. can't. And yeah, you, and, and to, you know, you, you, you've operated your business in Cambridge, so you've got a fairly strong talent pool to operate yeah. from of students and university students and what have you. So there's loads of people, and they're all really good at what they do is that but there's just little things that I, it's just instincts things yeah. you just know that you don't re, you can't write down or teach i didn't realize earlier on that 
that couldn't be taught. Not nice. And how, how many staff have you got now, Ben? Six. Six. So you pulled it right back. And what does your what does your turnover look like, or what does your business look like in comparison to size to what it was when you had fourteen? Well, recently, it's been more. Right. So what but you're saying is same, you've managed you've managed to cut eight people and still achieve yeah. the same results. Pretty Obviously, much. better better margin at the other end. Pretty much, yeah. And just deciding what you don't need people for, uh, what you can step up and do yourself, or what you don't need to do. So, like for example, I th- I, I thought well maybe we could offer like this massive delivery service that never took off quite the same as I thought it would. And actually, it's easier then if I don't have a member of staff doing that. I do it myself and just cut the radius. And we've still got a, a steady flow of, the, of those people. And that's much more profitable. And also other things, which I haven't mentioned in my lists, actually, but other costs. I mean, cost cut. I mean, I, I think I'll, later on, let's talk about the keeping on the bill, which we'll, we'll talk about later. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll come to that. It's, it's interesting, though. I'm, I'm just, I'm probing you, Ben, because do you know what? Like, it's not often, it's not often that you get to speak to someone who's had those bloody noses so that other people can learn vicariously. You've had the bloody noses, haven't you? Over the past 10 years. Is it 10 years or more? Uh, 2014. What, 2014 was when you started the farm shop? Sorry, like 14 years. 14 years, yeah, so 2006. I've run the shop and then the pub and then the game business, the farm, the production and the shop on the farm all together about, yeah, 2006 I started. Yeah, 14 years. 14 years and a lot of learning's taken place in that time, hasn't it? Everybody knows most weeks. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's just the punters when you're doing (laughs) stand-ups. Yeah. It is, mate. Right, nice one. Right, let's move on to number three then. So, doing what you want, not what someone else wants. Yes. Can you, uh, can you explain that one, mate? I can. Everybody with you, here we go. <laughs> this one pisses me off. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah. soapbox moment. Uh, yeah. Whenever you go out for a drink or meet friends or meet family or meet other business people or meet anyone else, that hears anything about what you do, they'll always have suggestions for you. And you can't be rude and say, I thought of all those 10 years ago, but I'll listen to you, right? And there's so many people, especially people who normally you trust as well, close to you, who are telling you to do stuff. And in your gut, you know it's not right. And quite often, like you have friends, oh, you should do this, or customers saying you should do this. And sometimes the biggest success I've got is from when I've just with my wife, Vicky, we've just gone, well, what do we want to do? Screw what anyone else thinks. What's best for us, the family, the business. Do we want it to grow? Do we want it to shrink? Do we, maybe we don't want to sell that kind of food. Yeah. I know him down the road probably does really well from it, but that's not what we want to do. And you can be really pressured by lots of people, whether it's customers, friends, or whatever. And before you know it, I bet it happened with you with flagship, tiny bits of it. You go, oh, I, I, I feel I should do that. I feel I should do that. Do I want, no, I don't want to do that, but I feel I should because they've said it and they've said it. Then you've done it. You've lost money. It hasn't worked. And then all you've done is go full circle. You might have had the experience, but, you know, that's just what people say who've had a punch in the face and go, oh, well, because we're all op- optimistic about it. And, try and take what we can from it so you know really a lot of people go i wouldn't have done that if i like like i did all this game production on the farm and i learned a lot from it which is all i've got from it could i if i could have gone back and not done it at all i would have gone back and not done it at all yeah that's not not the case with all of it 
I mean, there's things like um, I, I were really hard and tough that I don't regret because they've pushed things in a different way. When business gets hard, tough or quiet and you don't know what to do, sometimes that's the best thing you need, a kick in the backside and you change direction, which we've done. I've also got that on some of my points later, you know. Yeah, do what you think is right for you and mm. in a non-cliche way, just screw what everyone else thinks. Nice, nice. And this is going to put you on the spot a minute. What's the shittest bit of advice you've had from someone when they've asked, the- told you what you should do? Oh, my God. <laughs> a psychic night at the pub. Nice. Okay. That's probably one of the worst. Um, <laughs> you should we try to stand we up. have a psychic night at our pub. I just thought of that. <laughs> oh, God. I try and block them out because they give right. you nightmares. <laughs> Did you do the psychic night at the pub? No, I was. I, I, I had it. I had it about me to. Uh, I, I, I smashed the crystal ball and chucked him out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't see that one coming. No, no, they didn't. It was a snow globe. Actually, they got it wrong. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can't really think of many. But like, you do feel it. Like, for example, like, like one of the biggest mistakes I think I made. I was. There wasn't any one person telling me to do, like, let's say, like, the, the game business on the farm. But there's lots of, lots of people who thought it was a good idea, including myself at the time. And it's one of those things where you just go, oh, do you know what I mean? It just escalates. And before you know it, you're going, oh, oh, I bought half of his kit. I might as well buy the rest. And you sort of lose control of it a little bit. That's, yeah. that's what happened there. But... Advice-wise, I, I can't... Re- I mean, when we used to work in the pub, just all the time, <laughs> just all the time, just had to mop the crap off the bar flowing from their mouth every minute. <laughs> you know, like, oh, boy, have you ever thought about working in a pub? You're in a pub, Jim. Oh, you know, like, just the most obvious things. It's good for... It's good for, it's good for as a youngster, it's good for building up the old BS detector, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, that is true. I'm surprised we're still friends, really. But, <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, working in those pubs, and you'll agree, was useful. There's no regret there because you saw firsthand every person that you could be if you didn't get off your backside and get on with something for yourself. Yeah. You know, we, we, we live to do what we do. That they, they lived for, for 3 o'clock or most of them 11 o'clock. When, when the doors opened in the pub... That was yeah. their life. Well, that's not what we wanted to do, you know. It was like they press reset every day, and you'd be like, "Oh, how you doing? Whatever." And you'd be like, "Oh, yeah, you told me that yesterday, mate." Just say the same every day, and it becomes yeah. part of a routine. But it's a routine of demise, and it's costly. And if you're not earning, you're spending, aren't you? And it's sort of like a whole. You know, and every person goes, "Oh, you know, when I was your age, I wish I did this." And I thought to myself, "Well, perhaps I should." You know, we used Definitely. to hate everybody. We used to throw the money down. At throw you. the money or wave it at you to make yeah, you serve yeah. them, and then they just get ignored for longer. They will. Top, top tip. Top tip. That one for getting served at the bar. Yeah. Don't be <laughs> a dick. Top yeah, tip. Don't, don't be a dick. Exactly. Or whistle. You'll never nice. get served. Nice. So number four there, mate, thrive under pressure and preparation for working very hard. You have to prepare to change all the time, almost daily. And according to what's happening, this could be huge changes, complete U-turns. Tell me about that, mate. Massively. So 
I'll go get that in front of me because there's a few points in there, isn't there? There's quite a few points in there. I was going to yeah. say, I, I should almost say that, that you've like stolen not just seven, but that one alone's worth about three, I think. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I was under Let's pressure. I wasn't dealing with it very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't thriving under no, pressure. No. No. I think that, like, for example, me, I, I, I'm very good when it's mental. Like, yeah. like, very, very, like, if it's like, What's just happened with COVID, for example, has been insane, but I sort of love it. And I think if you want your business to be successful, you've got to love it when it's insane because that's the only way you're going to build it. The, 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 the nice times when your feet up are only nice because you've had mental times. Like you, 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 you can't really just, a business won't be sustainable if you, it, it, whilst you stick around all day, you'll never make it work. So not that I don't sit around all day sometimes because I want to, but it's because you've been nuts other days. But also like with, when, when COVID happened, we had to be very, very prepared and have done this a few times in the past to just U-turn. So like, for example, uh, a couple of years back, we were noticing different things happening in our business. I mean, it wasn't sort of going the way we wanted. Uh, so we turned on a sixpence almost in a few weeks and we decided to go with something we wanted to do for a while, which is like zero-way shopping decanting foods and reusable cleaners and things like this and and sort of go we've always had a sustainable edge to the business something we've always strived for but we thought we'd what we were doing was maybe a mixed message so we just turned it like that really quickly and uh, there's a massive amount of pressure there but again you thrive on it the new the fresh the, the vibes that come from it and i think that you have to be prepared that sometimes what you have all, always done sorry doesn't matter <laughs> And it, no one owes you a living, you know? No one owes you what you do. If someone doesn't want to buy what you sell anymore, it's your problem. Sorry. And it's really brutal. So we're getting to a stage where lots more vegan people are coming out of the woodwork. They're all not even vegan, just less consumption of meat. And back in 2006, we were huge about the meat. And it's evolved gently to being less and less of that side of things. So... In maybe the last few years, we've started developing ways of selling other products that are more vegan-friendly or more ethical or more sustainable or even more local or organic or whatever. And we're getting to the stage where it was a toss-up, really. So we scaled down the things that we thought our customers probably weren't as keen on. But we didn't, never got rid of it, never sort of were like impulsive in that sense, whereas there were times where it was, it would have been easier to have done that but it, it wasn't necessarily the right thing because during the this with the covid thing for example everyone sort of uh went back to sort of more old school ways of shopping so and we were known for that so if we had got rid of ranges we probably would have suffered actually i think it's fascinating one of the things i just want to put in there when you say about thriving under pressure is something that resonates with me that you told me uh, a little while ago which was we were talking about when i used to work in the workshop and stuff and i'd be selling productive time so that was something that I sold in my workshop time. And once it's run out, it's run out. And then you were telling me, obviously, that you you buy food and sell food, which has got a shelf life, and you've only got a window of opportunity to sell that or it's gone. You've lost yeah. it. And the, the pressure, just, just explain the pressure that that is, you know, especially when you're competing with the likes of the stack it high, sell it cheap mentality of, of Tesco's, for example. Well, first off, the first thing you can't do is invest too much money in the stock. So unless you've got a lot of money, if you've really, really got a lot of money and you're not too bothered about waste, I mean, naturally, waste annoys me regardless of the cost. You know, the, 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 the social impact, the sustainability issues, 
the fact that it's just a just a, a disgusting waste. I hate waste. But if I didn't care about that, I had loads of money. It's easier because you can just make sure you've always got enough on sale, so you're getting every single sale. Whereas we're having to be a bit more cautious because we're smaller. So when you do your orders for fresh produce, fresh vegetables have got, if you're lucky, a few days, but you've got to have enough in stock to, for it to always be good quality and fresh and to always sell. Yeah. So you can't, like, for example, it's very easy during the COVID because most people were stocking up on tins or toilet, we all know about the toilet paper thing or cleaners. Do you sell toilet paper? paper? Do you tell yeah, yeah, we sell toilet Yeah. Have yeah. you started selling hand cleaners too? Yeah, yeah, we've always, sold, want, we've always sold it. We've always oh, sold it okay. as part of the range because we're just like a good quality little corner shop, really. That was easy because you can just throw money at that, make sure you've got enough of that because it's never really going to spoil. You I mean, you can go, yeah. well, we normally order three cases of toilet roll. I just, Christ, will order 20 and make sure we've got enough for our customers and stuff. Whereas you can't do that with meat, eggs. Eggs are a bit easier. They've, usually, they've got three to four weeks. But milk, your vegetables, your fruits... Bread. Your meats, you're at, at best, you've got a week to get yeah. it out the door. Because not only health and safety reasons, especially with meat, I mean, vegetables don't have use-by dates. It's, it's determined by the quality and the freshness. Mm. But you can buy a case of something and, ha- and it starts to spoil the next day. It, it can be all right in a week. So when it's, when it's busy, it's easier. There's, there's a constant pressure, but there's not only the pressure to sell it, there's the pressure to not buy too much of it. And that creates a constant pressure in... Our, our whole system because we have to have stock lists every day to manage it and everyone has to be on ball uh, on, on, on the ball sorry to, to manage all the food so there's an incredible amount of labor that goes purely into the just having the stocks for the shop alone can't it just can't be automated it's a judgment thing so my my main contribution to what i do daily is i do all the ordering and I'm always thinking about it and you've always got to be so hot on it. And it, it's where you'll lose a lot if you're not yeah. careful. You can't just go in and go, oh, you know, like, I've watched The Apprentice, stack it high. Do you know what I mean? That doesn't work because... No, no, no. And then run around the streets everything. trying to sell it before it goes off at the end of the day. That's right. And, you know... <laughs> that's, what, that's what they do, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> no, exactly. Got to keep some some form of decorum. And, and I, I can feel the stress of having to make those decisions. You get used to it. If there's anyone listening who's doing this sort of thing, you get used to it because you start to find what sells, what doesn't sell, what keeps, what doesn't keep. But also we're finding that now we're more established. Sometimes you just, I just, I, I drew the conclusion, I just stopped selling herbs and no one really batted an eyelid. Whereas it was more me worried to not have everything. So being comfortable with selling out. Sometimes yeah. just be happy with what you've got and not think, oh, I could have made an extra quid there if I'd had a coriander. Do you know what I mean? Get over it. Got you. Nice, mate. Right, I'm going to probe you on number five then, so don't take things personally. Let things go. Yeah. People are fickle. Get over it, basically. We all are. If you're in business and you get annoyed that someone hasn't used your business, just think about how many times you haven't used someone else's. Get over it. You can tie yourself in knots all day long, especially in a food business. Like, like with, like, do you know what I mean? Like, let, let, let's say you sell you might sell something I'm never going to buy. So that's, that's fine. You, that's, you can get over that. If you, you're selling very, very niche things, well, Ben doesn't use my business, but well, maybe Ben doesn't need that service. That's fine. Everybody eats. When everybody eats, you can take it very personally when nobody uses your business that you know, family or friends or whatever. People who are further away, you sort of, you sort of understand. But 
I, I used to get a bit more annoyed when I was like, oh, I know, I know that bloke who I'm friends with. I know he lives in Cambridge. He's never been in. Or, you know, that, I, I, you used to tie yourself up in knots about it. Yeah. Now, I just don't care anymore. And it's a lot, it's a lot nicer. It's freeing, you know? It, it, it just, you can, what, you, can, you can watch people flocking into Tesco's and get annoyed about it. But sometimes you've got to take yourself out of the situation and go, this isn't, a, this isn't me having a go at anybody, by the way. No one cares. Only you care about your business. And get over it. And you know it took so, a long time so to learn that. Yeah, it's so true. But if you, so you're true. going, I, I kill myself over this. I kill myself over this. And that bloke, he used to always use me for those courses. Now he doesn't. He doesn't care. He probably found it closer or cheaper. He doesn't care. Like, sometimes you've got to go, if he wanted it cheaper, it's not worth it for me. I'd rather not have him. Good. Don't want that kind of customer. You just sort of like, if you sort of got to think to yourself, well, actually, there are some sorts of people who can go, oh, I could have bought that in. I remember years ago, here's a story for you. I was doing my Christmas trees out the front of the shop and uh, around Christmas time, fine enough, and I'm not insane. And um, <laughs> that'd be weird. What are you doing, Ben? It's June. I just got my Christmas tree. No. And this is my favourite. My friends, they talk to me. Um, this is Bruce Spruce. No, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I just made that up. And... Um, and a bloke come along, this, this is quite a few years ago, but this is a transitional thing and it doesn't happen overnight. But he come along and he looked at the trees and I've always had the philosophy with trees. We sell a certain amount every year. We're very lucky. But I, because of this, know we've got what we're going to sell within you know, 10, 20 trees, right? I have a very regular group of customers for trees. In turn, they're more expensive because I buy good quality trees because the last thing I want is someone moaning at me that we've ruined their Christmas because the tree was rubbish I'd rather sell a tree for more money, better quality tree, and know everyone's happy and I've not got any comeback. I, if someone comes to me and says, my tree dropped its needles, I'm actually very tempted to say, I don't believe you. Do you know what I mean? The quality is there, right? Yep. So they're all more expensive and I don't care. You know, that's fine. They all sell. I've yep. come past and you get this all the time. Some, some people don't understand that and they look at, oh, look at the price of the trees and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, whatever sort of thing. One bloke, yeah. I could go and get this, I could go and get a tree like this from B&Q for 20 quid cheaper. I said, and I think I turned around to him and I said, one, no, you won't. Two, go to B&Q because I don't care. And he didn't know what to say because at the end of the day, you've just got to do it right for you and not care about it, you know? And that actually happened, but not in June. <laughs> not in June it happened in November or December yeah probably yeah, probably. No, in <laughs> yeah then, no, it's, it's, it was definitely hard when I started flagship I just uh, I assumed that everyone would want to buy my stuff I assumed that my family and friends would care what I was doing um, I assumed that everyone would like and share stuff on social media and they'd help help me grow the business and they would refer me to all of their friends. And, uh, and and at first, it does hurt a little bit when people don't buy your stuff. They're not really interested and can give two, two what's-its. It's the old age-old thing, this perception of like... Because they look on social media and they'll see like uh, that you've done stuff, whatever that might be, you've done stuff. And, uh, oh, things are going really well, aren't they? But they don't really understand that social media doesn't necessarily put food in your kids' bellies. <laughs> no. No, but social media, they forget social media is a tool for you. And you can't put on social media, look how much money I've lost today. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what Absolutely you're doing, friends and alienate people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for liking my comment. I'm unfriending you now. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. It, it, it's your billboard. It's your sandwich board. It's your way of showing people. I mean, I've had times where you know the shop. It's been so quiet. I don't know what I was going to do, but isn't it great? Sunny day. Yeah. it's just the way it is yeah. you know yeah. motivation monday <laughs> hashtag <laughs> for the yeah. benefit of those who are listening ben is doing two fingered swear signs at the camera to the hashtag, to the hashtag. <laughs> to the hashtag. <laughs> nice mate it's all right don't just don't take things personally because do you know what they don't mean it they went oh i was gonna share that for flagship but then i you know yeah, that's the best one. That's the, that is the best one. I always get people comment to me and they'll go, "Oh, I saw that you did that the other day," and I was like, "All right, so why didn't you like it then?" Oh, just <laughs> you know. why didn't you comment on it? Yeah, and they, they because they're just we're all just flicking. Yeah, yeah, we're all just and too busy, and that's, second, that is it. You've just second, got to end up having a thick skin, ain't you? That's all it is. And the second I realised I'm doing that. I felt better. Yeah. Second, I realised I was scrolling on from someone I met once at a market or something, and I don't. I mean, well, I did think one day I might share it. You just forget. And yeah. But for example, when I move shops, I've had three different shops, three different locations. We've lost customers, and we've only moved a minute down the road each time because you're not on people's convenient routes, or they don't see you because they don't. They don't go down that road. They go down a different road. Nothing yeah. against you, just out of the loop. That's all it is. Yeah. No, perfect. Nice. Okay, so sixth thing then, before we go on to seven, because you've managed to wangle seven, and I suppose I thought I'd let you. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up. Uh, Thanks, up, friend. <laughs> Wangled. Uh, friend. <laughs> so uh, your sixth thing, your half dozen thing, is about control of your money and your bills. Yes, this is, a, this is a learning curve more than something I've always done. So where I used to be, it'll be all right. <laughs> That'd be all right. <laughs> I, you know, one day you wake up and you go, oh, oh, right, all the money's gone. Right, that's worrying. And then it takes two years to get it back. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I, uh, so, having, so what I started doing is I started doing my own uh, bookkeeping, I started doing all that sort of thing, all the invoicing, and I, I just sort of went through everything with a fine tooth. If, if you said you got a lot of listeners or people who've been on the show who, who, who have come from more corporate things, so that's where they're probably better at this anyway. So they probably had a job. No, with so I, I disagree, mate. I disagree. Really? A lot of the people who've come out of corporate, yeah. So I'll be honest, I've been there. You know, I've got. I come out so. To the listeners who don't know the backgrounds between Ben and I, Ben went off after working in a pub at the age of 18 through to like early 20s. Um, and then you you went off and started running 14 years ago, this shop, and you went self-employed. That was probably your last job, wasn't it? And then oh, since yeah. then, I, I went and had like a, I had a career initially in a small to medium-sized business or a medium-sized enterprise that ended up selling for several million pounds. Um, and then went on to work for a blue chip company. So before then working for myself, so our history since then has been very different. But yeah, certainly the corporate people, financially, you'll often, you know, they understand like what a P&L looks like, but actually the nuts and bolts of 
understanding cash flow when it's your money, I think, uh, I th- well, yeah. I think it's a challenge, yeah? That, that, that's it, because I mean, I mean, a lot of people might not know what a PL even really goes goes for, but if it's if it's money coming out of your pocket, you have to know. And like, like I mean, years ago, I might have thought profit and loss was just was actually your account, but obviously it's not. It doesn't count for capitals and things like this and investments and such and things that you've got or your buildings and all that sort of thing. It's only sort of a, a, a broadsheet for if you're dealing with your bank or whatever. So there's so much learning that came with it. And I remember just thinking like I'd set up an account with, I don't know, a card machine provider or get finance on a vehicle or, I don't know, fuel cards, tiny things just everywhere, just everywhere. I'll, or I need that bit of equipment, so I'll just finance it. We, you know, little and often money coming out and stuff. When I sort of realised one day, it was getting to the stage where I'd just done this so much because it's all part of this thing I was saying about the staff earlier. So I was just trying to, I was just trying to, um, to, to grow the business as much as I could to get to a stage where I could deal with it and such. But actually, I think one of the biggest things I learned that's not on this list is you can't force growth. And you can't force, even no matter how much kit you buy, staff you get, you can't force that. It has to happen the other way around. Yeah. So what I did was I scaled, I scaled everything back down to like completely just sort of filtered everything out that was completely unnecessary. Like, yeah. like really, really. Like, and I even changed all my vehicles. Uh, I was saying this earlier. I, I, I went to electric vehicles because um, I managed to do it in such a way that it would save me a lot of money on fuel and things like that as well. I just sort of looked at everything and scrutinized everything. Yeah. And I was prepared to, to spend a lot of time doing that. And mm-hmm. actually, everyone says it. You could spend a day a day a week in the office and make more money by saving it than you can by going out and earning it. And yeah. sometimes that's true, especially if you've had a big startup time. So we, we've had I've had a lot of lot of time where well, I did all that, certain new startups a few years back, and you know the website and the game business and the shop on the farm and things. And they all sort of pulled together. I mean, I'm, I'm still now, as we sit here, still paying for the card machine for that business that's not been open for two years. Because really, I, yeah. I took out a 40-year card machine thing and just little things like that. But <clears throat> I don't know if it's I don't know if it's relevant to anybody, but if you ever get to that sort of stage when you're starting up or you've built up a good reputation with your suppliers and it's a few years down the line, quite often you can find yourself at a stage where you, you still haven't really got any money, you don't know what you're going to do. You'd be amazed how picking the phone up and talking to your suppliers is fine. But there's been times where I've gone, oh, I don't know why I'm going to pay them today. But then you rung them up, explained the situation, been honest straight with them, and then they're, they're, they're part of your journey with you, you know? Yeah. And they'll always remember, as long as you're loyal to them, I mean, that's the thing. So keeping that, and then that way you're keeping the control. Like... If you're deciding to pick the phone up to those people, you're keeping the control. They're not ringing you, asking you where it is. You're ringing them before they ring you to tell them where it's going to be and how it's going to be and working with them. If you keep it, if everything's sort of in your control, it, it makes a massive difference. And like when I had a bookkeeper, there was little things I didn't realise just different things of the bank reconciliation and some invoices have been missed because I'll be looking through something going, well, where's that invoice? But obviously they haven't got that. They're not looking for that big invoice to claim that back and you'll lose yourself a few hundred quid. Whereas I'm going, oh yeah, we've got, oh yeah, we've got a nice big, big VAT claim this month, you know, and, I, and so it's on my mind to, to make sure those bills are going, are going in. It's, it's not yeah. on theirs. It's not on their mind. They're trying to go, 
oh, how can I categorize this from A to Z correctly and get home? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how quick? How quickly can I get this done? Yeah. 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 And it's, it's looking at things. Through, yeah, it's looking at things a different way. I, I you know, I, I can relate to this massively. So, um, two two clear points I wanted to highlight that you made there about one's about force and growth. So, flagship's two years old now. I went full time in it from March last year, and I started with some cash. I had some cash, and I got some good business, and I invested money to try and grow i ended up spending last year i spent 20 grand on marketing 20 grand on trying to grow (laughs) you're right okay and that's someone who's been in business 14 years right and i'm a service business it's not like what i do is different to what you do you know i i I can spend as much as i want but if they don't live in the area or stumble across it online they're not really going to use it exactly so So you've got got bigger reach yeah, you've got to know you've got to know who your target audience is, and uh, you know I, I wasted of that twenty grand. Some of it will have been worthwhile, and some of it will have been literally. I may as well have lit it up and sat outside and smoked it. You know, absolute total waste of time. And that's you know it's interesting for me because that's been that was my bloody nose last year. I I tried to grow too quickly in yeah. hindsight. In hindsight, when I stop and reflect. I had a good year still. I, I still on despite that, I managed to have a good year still. But we did end up in a point, and, and this is the thing about controlling money and what have you. I got to a point October last year where I had to go and get another startup loan or get a startup loan, sorry, to uh, carry on because I nearly ran out of cash. And that is painful. That is so painful, especially when you realize that they want to take, you know, they want to take a lot of the time I was fortunate enough to get a startup loan, which was basically just a personal guarantee, but to, to the business owners out there or the people looking to go and start, you know, you might have to sign against your house or, or whatever, you know, finance isn't, it isn't a, a pre gone conclusion, is it? There's plenty of people that will lend you money, but especially when you move out of a, you know, and that was a hard learning curve for me moving out of a corporate job where people will lend me money hand over fist because a big, blue chip company is going to be paying me month in month out going to have however many thousand pound land in my account every yeah. month that you're good for the cash in you and then as soon as as soon as you go into something as instable as a small business where you know 60 percent of all small businesses are shut by year two they don't want to know anymore they don't want to know and uh, yeah that that was a really really painful learning curve most most um business loans uh want 50 percent guarantee you know, security, sorry. So like if you're having a hundred grand, they want 50 grand's worth of security for it. Yeah. Um, but like you said, most people use their houses and things and it makes it very real then. A lot of people, there's a lot going around and they hear stories and, oh, isn't it exciting? And Oh yeah, he, he put his, he, he was going to lose everything one day. And now look at him, he drives a Lamborghini. Well, good for him. You know, but they're very, these, these things are very real. The social media, Vicky says this to me, and she's absolutely right. Social media doesn't ever show you the people that absolutely ruin themselves and haven't ever come back from it. They're out of business, never going to be in business again. People who are probably perfectly good business people who just didn't have the right luck or just doesn't Made work out. Cool. It just doesn't cool. work out, and it's just yeah. because it's all risk. Yeah. Like I, I don't know if people will come into my shop if I open the doors tomorrow or. I might never have another order coming online, but I do. And you just have to roll with it. But I'm always got to work a week ahead. One week, they might all stop and you'll have it all there not going off. <laughs> and, and, and that's it, you're done. And 
people forget that a business is not only is it your livelihood, it's, it's, it's a massive trust thing. It's also a massive risk. And anyone who's never been in business, no offence, will never understand. No, no, and no, I, I never did. I never did when I when I worked for when I worked elsewhere because I'd look at what you did, and I used to think Ben could be better at delegating. Genuinely, oh, Ben could be better at delegating. He's stressing himself out. He's working seven days a week. Like, what's he doing? He's going to run himself into the ground. That's what I thought as your mate. You know, I thought them things, and here I am working seven days a week, working my way into the ground, not delegating anything because no one does it the way I do it. No, you doing all the same things. <laughs> you need to sleep at night. I was up you need at four. No, things are done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like, I, I had so much to do today. So much to do today. I was up at four this morning. You probably see one of my eyes is starting to close during the call. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm getting that tired. But you just carry on because it's love and passion for what you're doing it and for making a difference and for what you can make a difference to your family's life. That's it, isn't it? And the, the, thing, the thing is, it's like, for me, I'd rather work. It's easier to work seven, a little bit every day than it is yeah. to do five days and go, I'm not doing anything for two days. Because those two, oh, you'd never forgive yourself if you could have got a big customer on those two days. Because, or, or there's all these things that are really important to you. Yeah. And, like, and so I would rather work a bit every day, even if it's yeah. not that hard every day. Sometimes you can have an easier day. Mm. Uh, at least you're still on top of the, the admin, you're talking, you're still in touch, not losing touch because... You've got to be prepared to, when it's your business, it's from when you open your eyes until you shut your eyes. It's not a start time or a finish time. It's, it all amalgamates into one like whole thing of a day. And it's not a job. It's, it's what you're doing whilst you're having your cereal in the morning. You're just like, well, it's easier and less stressful to check my emails whilst I'm having my breakfast than it is to go, I'm not looking at my emails because that's what people who work for someone does. That's what they have to do because they can choose that. And actually, I prefer knowing what's going on to get that. Like quite often, I will uh, when I go on holiday, I still do all the ordering yeah. because if I get back and it's and we've lost out, I will feel like I can't go away. So actually, yeah. it's easier to work a bit when I'm on holiday, just a little bit, and accept it. And now I'm going to do it, and then go all my team and stuff. No I'm on holiday, so they don't bother me at night time in my own time. I quite like logging back in, if I'm honest, and keeping in touch. It's, nice. it's just a stress reliever because yeah. you don't know what's going on. It's worse than knowing. If someone said something happened, and you, and especially if you were holidaying in England, you could, you, I, 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 could, I could drive back and fix it, then go back on holiday. There's so much of that that can happen. No, I don't like going away, really, but... <laughs> right, I tell you what, mate. We've got like one minute left. We pro- I promised that we'd do this in sixty minutes, right? Go on so you've got like one minute left for your final one, which it says how important it is, and it's quite cheesy in modern day culture to say never give up. However, you think it's more important than that. You'll succeed when you can decide what to cut away, what to give up. Being able to know and get rid of the dead wood is a huge part of being successful. Yeah, so let's say you do your CPC. That's what you started with. That's probably what you've got closest affiliation with. It's probably what you're best known for. And let's say in 10 years' time that disappears, you will feel massively close to it. What the hell's going on? I can't drop this, but I've got no customers for it. Get rid of it. And actually, it's one of those things when you know that moment when, a bit like I was saying earlier with the meats and other products and things that we've always been known for and sold, it's really important now 
to, to get rid of what is unnecessary to move forward. But flip that, I can back to this cheesy never never give up thing. This is what I was saying a bit again a bit earlier. Is people think that if you just keep going, you'll be successful. That's not true either. If you it, that's just not true. It's just not true. I, I just if you keep going and keep going, it's cheesy social media crap. It, sometimes there's people that kept going and they're in a pile on the bottom of the floor somewhere because they haven't got any money left and they're just gone. Uh, they're stacking shelves again and going, "What the hell did I bother? I should never have done it." Social media has a lot to answer for for that. Do you know what I mean? It's everything. Oh, they never gave up. They, they did their struggle. And it forces it down your throat. And actually, it, it makes you believe that, oh, I've got no money in the bank, but it's all right because I'm going to keep going and I'm going to be fine. And you, 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 almost, you almost won't be. So sometimes the only way to get rid of that is by dropping stuff, even if you don't necessarily yeah. want to. It's just looking at it objectively. Yeah, that, that mentality of like... I'm going to carry on, but the, I've, I've only got a pound, but I'm going to buy a lottery ticket because I'm going to carry on going. Yeah. I'm going to keep buying a lottery ticket, but your chance of winning is one in 14 million or yeah. whatever it is now that they've increased the numbers and increased the price as well and reduced the probability yeah, of winning. Exactly. Um, it's about it's about having purposeful action that you can control. If you can pull it into your control, that's one of the best things you can do to be successful because if you've got no money, you can. it's in your control to not pay things and it's in your control to sell things and it's in your control to change things. So do all that first yeah. for a new idea or... Well, um, a, friend, a friend of mine early on, I went to him with an idea after having started the business and I had another idea and uh, he goes to me, nice idea, he goes, ideas cost money. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, you're probably right. <laughs> so uh, the idea is. It. Yeah, I parked it. Yeah, it's true. Really, podcast doesn't cost much. No, this is true. This is true. There's always there's always an alternative solution, isn't there? There's always an alternative solution. It's uh, yeah, have a gun to your head. There's always 99 different things that you could do to get out of that situation, um, and there's always options available to you to do different stuff. Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, I've no absolutely no loved time. having you on it. Just quickly for the listeners, please tell them how to find you, what you can do for them from a stand-up point of view uh where to follow you that sort of thing give yourself a plug okay mate. so okay so um twitter i've got my business so it's at radmore farm so no at radmore underscore farm we've got instagram at radmore farm shop facebook at radmore farm shop and if you want any of the comedy it's um ben aveling on on facebook i think uh ben aveling or ben aveling's comedy stew on instagram and ben aveling benjamin aveling on twitter You'll find it. Search for the things with hardly any likes or any traffic, and you'll probably find. You know, that, that's my one. But uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, link, LinkedIn. But uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> LinkedIn, link, LinkedIn isn't my uh, my tool of choice, but I'm on there somewhere. And actually, I, did, I was in an advert for LinkedIn recently, and they told me before the advert went live, I had to change my bio. Did, did you Did you see my bio on LinkedIn? No, I've never made a penny from being on here. Change my mind, right? That's right. That's my bio on LinkedIn, and I did an advert for LinkedIn, which they paid me for because of it. I was a key worker, and they said before they upload the advert, they've got. I have to change my bio, <laughs> so I did. So did you? you absolute sellout. Did. You absolute sellout. They changed my mind. <laughs> nice, and on that yeah. note. On that note, we'll finish. Thank you, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate your time. Please do follow me at Pete Rushmer on LinkedIn. 
or on Facebook, follow Flagship Training UK and you can find us on YouTube too at Flagship UK. Flagship UK.